A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, Moxie. I'm back. You were missed. One of the questions I get asked a lot is, who is Moxie in love with? <laughs> Thanks for that. Maybe you don't have to tell us who you're in love with, but are you still in love? With someone, yes. Is it the same someone? No, it's not. Stand up, fussing and fighting. I'm your host, Nalika Radway, and this is Raising Rebels, a podcast about oppressed parents raising free children. We feature courageous conversations with real parents and the children they're trying to raise to rebel against the status quo. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with my comrade in the movement, Father Assad Muhammad. Welcome, Assad. Thank you so much. How do you say your first full name completely? Asadla. Asadla. Yes. That's difficult. I could do that. Asadla Muhammad. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So we start the podcast with sharing one word to describe how you're feeling right now. I'm feeling excited. I am feeling a lot of love. So yeah, just full. I feel like full in my body and like just feeling a lot of love. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I am... A father, I am queer, I'm black. My parents are from Jamaica. Um, everyone, uh, everyone who comes to this podcast <laughs> is somehow associated. Good, sorry. Um, I grew everyone, up in Jamaica, Queens, mm-hmm. and I uh, have an education background in terms of my career. And now I'm working in public media and documentary mm-hmm. impact work, which mm-hmm. is amazing. And I have three children. Uh, I have a 11-year-old daughter and 13 and 15-year-old sons. Wow. Wow. Um, what about parenting gives you hope? What comes out of my children's mouths? Mm. Uh, my children, um, they surprise me, you know, they, they give me hope the way that their critical thinking appears to be easy and sometimes, um, unprompted, Mm -hmm. which, uh, is just magical when it feels like you planted a seed, maybe, 10 years ago and now they're 11 11 saying something that um you imagined or hoped for or didn't see coming Mm -hmm. so i think the the surprises that that come out of conversation with them Mm -hmm. gives me hope that's awesome (laughs) that's so that's i 
completely relate to that. That makes so much sense. Today, we're talking about love and romantic love and like the messages that we're sending to our children um, consciously and unconsciously about what it means to be in love and how being in love should or shouldn't function. Um, And in preparation for that, um, we like to start the podcast by doing a recollection. And the point of the recollection is like to get us in touch with our childhood selves and also to show respect for young people, like bring them into the room um, and keep them in the conversation, the forefront of the conversation. So when I was thinking about reflecting on love, I um, was really thinking like it'd be interesting to think about what are our early memories and formative experiences that taught us about being in love. So I asked you to think about what do you remember about either being in love or witnessing love or feeling like you saw something that you interpreted as being in love? Um, so please share your story. Yeah, you know, I was um, I was struggling a little bit with mm-hmm. this question because um, I feel like I was I knew from an early age, maybe around five, that I was attracted to boys and. And as a boy, there were no examples that I saw around boys being able to love Mm -hmm. or be in love with other boys or have Mm -hmm. crushes on boys. So, um, but through friendships and best friends, I have, I remember having a best friend for a really long time throughout all of elementary and high school, actually. And I think around... Like the seventh grade, I started feeling feelings that were just like this person and me would be an awesome match only if like I could say that I'm gay and they can say that they're gay and like we could live happily ever after if we were getting permission from our environment, from our uh, from the people that loved us, mm-hmm. from our community. Um, and I feel like at that age, I felt like love, there was a intimacy where you can, you, like we played sports together. We talked about how our days went. We were able to, to just share space and, and we were available for each other Mm -hmm. and we could depend on each other. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I associated love with being able to, uh have a strong friendship um he had beautiful chocolate skin <laughs> i remember that that helps that helps that helps <laughs> um and was intelligent and was a safe space i mean mm-hmm. i feel like we both were queer mm-hmm. may not both have been um attracted to to boys or mm-hmm, men but mm-hmm. we were both we showed up queer in terms of like what traditional black boyhood looked like Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, in Jamaica, mm -hmm. Queens. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did all many of the typical things around like sports and wore, you know, I don't know, baggy jeans and sneakers. Like we dressed apart, Mm -hmm. but our conversation wasn't, you know, who won the game last night. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like your brother going through 
your brother going through health challenges or, you know, wait, you don't know who you're not sure who one of your parents are and like unpacking like feelings. Um, And I feel like that intimacy, that emotional intimacy was how I associated with love. Um, Yeah, it's interesting because part of the handshake that we developed, which we saw from like other members of our community and Mm -hmm. our age group being a part of street organizations um, where they had their own handshakes. And like, we're like, okay, we're not them. We're not joining the lost boys or, or the bloods or the crips. But, um, but yeah, we want to be able to like have this greeting when we saw each other. So Mm. touch also seemed to be part of the love language. And like many times, boys don't get permission to like have safe touch mm-hmm. uh, or men so like the handshake is all we got mm-hmm. so it's like really important and um and then i remember like being able to do like a dap and a hug and like that being like what we get to touch some more but like <laughs> but it doesn't have to like yeah. be you know lovey-dovey it doesn't have to like mean anything mm-hmm. other than like I see you, I feel you, Mm -hmm. and I recognize you. And Mm -hmm. um, so that was, yeah, that was, that's part of like how I remember love. Oh my gosh, your first memory, like your memory is so warm and mine sucks. But like, (laughs) it's so like yours, um, it warms me. Like as as you were telling your story, I just started feeling like, I started feeling the love. and when I push back in my memory to think about um, my first memories of being in love and what I witnessed, I went to TV shows that I saw, like the Cosby show being like, oh, those two people are in love or yeah. um, family members that, and very few that I can remember, but my Aunt Madge and Uncle Rudy, I remember feeling like those are two people who are in love with yes. each other. Uh-huh. Um, but I pushed myself and I pushed back. And what I came to is when I was in third grade, kind of similar to your story in like I had a friend um his name was Boulevard and I at the time I don't think I would have defined it as being in love with right um but I definitely now looking back was like in love to the full extent that an eight-year-old can be um and we were really good friends like he was so nice to me he was so kind to me um I think it was like third or fourth grade. And he was so kind to me and we talked and he was a very popular boy. Mm. He he was like, he was also like an attractive kid. And yeah. so a lot of people like really wanted his attention, but he was like just really kind to me and really nice to me. And I always felt special to him. And I felt like we had a bond and intimacy. Um, these are feelings that I remember. And then one day, you know, I guess kids noticed our like friendship and kind of asked him about me or like was teasing him about me. And I overheard him saying, Nalika, I don't like Nalika. She's a hippo. And I remember being heartbroken um, and like, just like felt this sense of like betrayal. um, And kind of, I think really, didn't trust that feeling of being in love for a very long time after that. Like, I can't think I was like in my head, like, Oh, when did I feel? Cause it was to that energy of like being excited to see a person and yeah. like, um, 
and nothing happened like nothing had to happen with it it was just like this feeling that you just got to sit in and like celebrate and feel safe in um and then it didn't feel so safe and I think even at the time, it wasn't like I needed him. Like, it didn't need to be mutual, but there was, like, a feeling that this is someone who I cared for and cared for me. You know what I mean? Like, we, um, and I remember this feeling of, like, I think at the time, on some level, I knew that, or I didn't feel that it was a sincere um what he had said to them was like his feelings it was like more of like the pressure of being a kid and like people coming for you and like you got to say something but i still felt betrayed because i think even after he was still nice to me or still one and i was just like "Mm, i heard what you said yeah i heard what i think i said i heard what you said but it was definitely a feeling that i had um and so, and like thinking about the fact that it kind of traveled, like moved with me, what parts of what you experienced as a young adolescent or a young person um, being in that like love kind of moved with you through into adulthood? Um, the good or the bad? Or all of it. All of, all it? of it. All of it. Let's do all of it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> I... No, I'm realizing now that, like, you know, being being queer and feeling like I felt safe around, like, women my whole life mm-hmm. and, like, um, interested to me, like, the girls were more intelligent and they were having, like, heady conversations and, like, it was a safe space to be intelligent mm-hmm. and to uh, be a critical thinker and with boys I was like dumbing it down mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. like I feel lying. that way sometimes too I feel that yeah. sometimes like, yeah. <laughs> like I was you know like oh yeah I did see the game uh no I didn't like mm-hmm, I don't care mm-hmm, about sports mm-hmm. you know like um I prefer to play rather than watch um and there was a lot of like co-signing but but there were um times where I felt like as a boy, like a lot of pride of being able to feel like different from these boys, but also like establish like brotherhood mm-hmm. um, with with guy friends who are around my age mm-hmm. and guy friends in high school and feeling like, wow, like this brotherhood um, piece gives me so much energy. Like we may not speak. I may not be able to talk about all of the things, but like when I started meeting guys who were like, Everybody was appearing as straight, mm-hmm. but still being able to like have these conversations about like how our heart is feeling mm-hmm. and like what we want to do with our lives mm-hmm. and what our goals are. Like it, it felt really special. But since I was feeling these romantic feelings with boys, it made me be distant mm-hmm. um, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that coming into my adulthood and you know brotherhood like has definitely been important to me but i have less i have less um black men or men in general that are really close to me on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. like the closest my closest friends are women Mm -hmm. and i think part of that comes from feeling like you know what I felt when I was young like a guy may think that I like him Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you know if Mm -hmm. now I'm being honest that 
I'm attracted to men. And like mm-hmm. when I came out and started telling my quote unquote brothers that like, listen, I'm I'm attracted to men and like this is who I am. And mm-hmm. I'm just sharing this because like I want you to know, like mm-hmm. I want to live in my truth and I mm-hmm. want the people around me to like make a decision if they can hang. Mm-hmm. Um and many of them, you know, some of them some of them could hang mm-hmm. and surprise me and and some of them disappointed me and was like, You like me, why are you telling me? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and they weren't mm-hmm. even my type, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like that part. You didn't even yeah, consider, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. it was just like, yeah, the homophobia was real and mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. it it was crushing because mm-hmm. I was like, I love, I love my people and mm-hmm. I love brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And this is a barrier. Being honest is a barrier to establishing brotherhood. And I think that is still, that still shows up sometimes, mm-hmm. especially dealing with like cis, um, straight men mm-hmm. who I don't always want to do the work to know if mm-hmm. like they did the work to not be mm-hmm, homophobic. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I just like, I, you know, if I don't feel it, if I don't get some indicators that maybe, you know, queer friendships that they already have, like I may just choose not to engage. So it shows up in, in that way. And um, so I think, yeah, that's the, it's so interesting you say this because it reminds me of um, a story with Moxie. So she is queer and like has been very open about that. I yes. mean, as long as I can remember I and really like stepped into it in the last like two years. And something that comes up for her is also trying to build a sisterhood mm-hmm. um, with girls when she's out and the assumption of like she must like me. I think she must like she I think she likes me and how uncomfortable and sometimes she does like them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't yeah. and sometimes she doesn't. And that kind of like how tricky it is as I as her mother um and both of us my like are trying my husband and I are both trying to like teach her and guide her and love her through her f- falling in love. Yeah. And like all of the times and ways that she will experience this falling in love. And sometimes it's like scarier because I don't know exactly how to navigate it. It's not my experience. And there's things she comes home and she shares about as, you know, how people are responding to her and how that feels. And then there's other ways that it feels so freeing because she is already in a space of rejecting the conventions, right? Like she's already in a space of like, whatever those social constructs are, they don't fit her and they're not gonna fit her. Mm -hmm. And so the world is wide open and her questions are like, well, why can't I be in love with my sisters? Or why can't I be in love? Like where where exactly do these boundaries come from? And like, how do we make those decisions? So, which are like real talk, you know what I mean? Like it's like a different level of conversation about what is possible in being in love, which Mm -hmm. I really appreciate. Um, And also in many ways, I'm ill-equipped to like engage, you know, like I'm just trying to be open and like be in partnership with. Um, But the guidance comes from a shared learning at the same time versus 
this idea of how we do it or how I've done it is the guide with with her sisters who for the most part right now um identify as being cis and like um I I worry a lot about the way that my marriage works or my love relationships work being the template for how they think that mm. being in love is supposed to be um and really wanting as much to break down that kind of, that feeling of like it has to look this way right. we have to like you have like it has something has to happen with it blue mm-hmm. are you in love yes yes i am his name is kate and how do you know that you are in love? It is a feeling. Um, Moxie says I sigh when I talk about him. She calls it my cadence sigh. Mm. <laughs> is this the first time you've been in love? Um, I think so. I've had a lot of crushes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had a crush like every day of my life. Well, I want to say that I, there was one time where... We were in, um, where the heck were we? We were at this pool or something, and I remember that I felt like you were flirting with one of the boys at the pool. Do you remember that? Yes. And um, I was like, Boo, you're flirting. You know, it's okay to flirt. And you were like, well, you. it seemed like you felt like that. You didn't know. You didn't think it was okay to flirt. Do you remember that? Yes. I mean, I don't really know. Is there a definition for flirting? I don't know. It feels kind of like betrayal-esque. And I feel like that's because of what I've been taught about relationships by society. And I'm sure most of that stuff is wrong. It can be really hard to figure this out. Yep. Well, I think that it's... 100% okay to flirt and like flirting is like exactly what you're saying or like a natural thing like what is it what is it exactly it's not something you do necessarily consciously and I think that relationships need to be defined by the people in that relationship Mm -hmm. not by what society says it should or shouldn't be and I think that when you're in love with somebody or you love somebody, you want them to enjoy life and all that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it doesn't mean you don't feel other feelings like jealousy or insecurity and other things like that, but hopefully it, those feelings are really small in comparison to the love. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. kind of questions are your children asking you about being in love you know i mean i think that's 
that's the hard part because mm-hmm. um, I feel like they don't ask me enough questions mm. and part of it is because they are like their mother grew up in the nation and like her side of the family are in the nation mm-hmm. and you gotta explain to us what sorry, means to be in the yes, nation in the nation of Islam mm-hmm. um, so they um, they're practicing muslims Mm -hmm. um and i i was never in the nation but i was a like orthodox muslim um and practicing and Mm -hmm. now i don't identify as like a practicing muslim i mean it's it's semantics but it's just (laughs) like i'm like i had a friend who once said you know everything is in submission to the creator so like we're all muslim because muslim means one who submits to the will of god mm-hmm. um and to me that is i do better with simple definitions mm-hmm. than like mm-hmm. inclusive definitions inclusive definitions mm-hmm. yes so like he was like the tree is muslim the the birds are muslim mm-hmm. and i was like yes that really resonated with me mm-hmm. but but i think because of the um there's so many systems in place um, with like many organized religions where mm-hmm. it's like, this is the way, this is what family looks like. It's and about like, exclusion versus inclusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's about um, doing it in a righteous way mm-hmm. that looks in a, you know, has a narrow definition many times. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, they're as encouraged um, around all sides to mm-hmm. to tap into those feelings because if you talk to a child about love in this over-sexualized, somewhat over-sexualized society, which I'm still like, which is like, I'm unlearning like that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, can we feel good about nudity? Of course. Mm-hmm. Like how, you know, just thinking through all the things that we've been taught around how sexual we get to be and what age is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so my 11 year old daughter has like a crush now. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time that I got wind of it from our older brother, but it's the first time that I'm like, wow, you get to like, let's talk about it. And mm-hmm. of course she doesn't want to talk to me about it. And she's <laughs> denying it. But my brother's like, I mean, my son is like in spaces with her this summer where he's seeing like mm-hmm. yeah like she has a crush dad mm. and and i'm like working to make safe space for them to talk about it so mm-hmm. sometimes you don't know if it's just awkward because you're their parent and mm-hmm. they don't want to talk to you or if it's religion that makes them feel muffled and like something's wrong with talking about mm-hmm. this because they don't hear this from mm-hmm. a pulpit they don't hear mm-hmm. like people mm-hmm. get affirmed mm-hmm. in saying that I'm in love unless they're doing it a particular way, mm-hmm. which includes marriage, mm-hmm. which includes um, the the woman taking care of the children, like all of these traditional ways. So I think I um, I don't get enough questions from them because they really have. I've been single since I've been divorced from their mom and they and, you know, she's remarried and they've like seen love exists uh between a man and a woman mm-hmm. in you know as they got older from her side and uh, and they were both like 
practicing Muslims, so I think mm-hmm. they they it's it's hard for them to talk about. So mm-hmm. I'm like constantly trying to expose them to examples of love, queer mm-hmm. examples of love, like mm-hmm. all these different kinds of love to know that even if they're not talking about it, like they're absorbing it mm-hmm. and they're, and I know what it is to be a child that appears silent mm-hmm. and nice and good. And mm-hmm. you have all these wild thoughts mm-hmm. racing through. Mm-hmm. And I think like sometimes even like showing them glimpses of my wild thoughts or like letting them see, you know, not turn the channel or covering their eyes mm-hmm. when nudity comes on, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not acting like, I have the power to protect them from every visual in the world Mm -hmm. that may encourage them to think about sex Mm -hmm. and how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to encourage them to have more questions. And like, that's something that I'm leaving grace, Mm -hmm. leaving some grace for it to happen organically. And, but sometimes I do want to shake them and say, talk to me about (laughs) it. Like, let's, Let's go there, um, mm-hmm. especially with having a 15-year-old yeah. um, who's, like, acting like he is not thinking about any kind of attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, okay. At 15, like, I was doing things, okay? <laughs> and, like, so... And well, it's so interesting you say that because there's a, and like as a two I a while ago I don't know when it happened maybe, but kind of with thinking about Moxie's orientate like sexual orientation there was a way in which like I just started like going Google crazy right yeah. and I found this list of different um, sexual orientations and so right. I'm thinking going in I'm like I know shit so there's yeah. like pansexual homosexual like did a, yeah. and the list was like. 15 identities strong right and it was like and it's still evolving and i was like just reading through all of them and one of the um sexual orientations that really surprised me resonated with me and i hadn't heard before was like being demisexual sexuality have you ever heard of this I've heard of it, but remind me yeah, of the so definition. Yeah, so listen, I had, before I read it, I had never heard of it. But basically, it's this idea that you do not develop sexual attraction unless there's some kind of intimacy first. So like mm. that you're in a relationship. And that they said usually um, it's the hardest sexuality to be, especially when you're an adolescent. Because when your friends are talking about being sexually attracted to people in magazines or like people they bump into or girl you know girls or guys or people that are in your engagement like you're engaged with and you don't have any of those feelings because you don't develop those feelings unless there's already some kind of like friendship or intimacy that that can build out of it's really really awkward yeah. and i remember thinking i was like wait a minute was that me in high school you know mm. and you don't know what and because sexuality is fluid right? right and you can come in and out of it i definitely think at like as an adolescent, there was friendships were the the um, the soil for my in love. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like without that, me it wasn't gonna happen. Like I, it doesn't matter how attractive I thought you were or other people thought you were. If there is not um, some intimacy or like we're in a relationship that has nothing to do with like being in a love relationship, but just nothing Mm. was going to bubble up or happen. So it's interesting as you're talking about your son and your own ideas of like, well, what should you be feeling or could be feeling at this age? And is it 
normal, you know, like, or what is the normalcy and how, even though you're pushing it back against all of it, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. in a space of like, none of this don't work for, you know, like I'm trying to like, but there's a way that it's just ingrained in us in the way of thinking. Um, And what a great resource you are to your, your children um, to like, there is another other. So it, once there's one other, iterations right emerging strategies big up um (laughs) there's always other like it can be something else it might if there if it can be different one way it can be different a thousand million ways Mm -hmm. um which i think is really 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 huge um so i guess another kind of thought or question or ways of thinking as you talk about like your sexuality and what your children have um, witnessed and what you're trying to show them and teach them, what do you think that you may be showing them unconsciously about what it means to be in love or what they may have picked up from their relationship with you and their mother or you now? Um, So there's ways that there's things that you're teaching them explicitly and you're like, they're not bringing it up, but you're trying. are there things that you think they're picking up that are not explicit, just in seeing? Mm. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think they feel like, could feel like love hurts, Mm -hmm. you know? um, They definitely, like, although me and their mother have been, separated for 10 years um it's still like the i feel like the us not being together still still comes up Mm -hmm. like we're not together now so like we're living that experience but um thinking about how love may not be forever it's not like the movies like mm-hmm. we're not always talking about like this is how this is the healing process for me post divorce mm-hmm. this is what i did like mm-hmm. therapy like mm-hmm. anger like sad like i haven't spelled it out for them mm-hmm. but i think it still shows up like my daughter was never she was in the house with us all five of us for like 2 years of her life mm-hmm. so sometimes like even just our bonding is challenged and Mm -hmm. it you know it one day her mother was like it's because she doesn't remember you in the house Mm -hmm. and i'm like really like that's like that was new information for me but Mm -hmm. i also think like contextual like i don't know if that's the truth i don't know if that's where Mm -hmm. it's coming from um so i feel like part of it and like my sons see like how our relationships are different with mm-hmm. like me and them and me and their sister. And so I think there's some wonderings that happen around like, is this a matter of like what what love looks looks like? Like the mm-hmm. way that my sons and and my my daughter learned that I was queer was because they asked their mom why what was the reason for us not being together? Mm -hmm. And she said they kept asking Mm -hmm. and she just told them. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, your dad's queer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how she put it, but she was Mm -hmm. just like, your dad's gay. We weren't necessarily in a space that was like, 
you know, I felt like supported mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by her. Like I just didn't, we weren't speaking as much. So I didn't know mm-hmm. what her feelings were. Mm-hmm. And I know that, but I knew that the divorce was hurtful and I knew that we were still working through all, mm-hmm. through all the feelings. Mm-hmm. So when I saw my son, after he heard that information, he was angry with me. Mm-hmm. He was like, like basically my family's not together because you decided to be gay Right, is right. how he heard it. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, so I think he's learning that, you know, it's love may not be fair. Like mm-hmm. one person, you know, me deciding at a certain point that I can't, this is not my truth and I have to live in integrity. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't happen, you know, the year after he was born. Mm-hmm. It happened after he was born, his brother was born, mm-hmm. his sister mm-hmm. was born. Um, So like feeling like, he may even feel like men have, I think I'm teaching them, which I try to work against, like men have the upper hand. Like did mm-hmm. daddy decide that he mm-hmm, wanted to be mm-hmm. out and then everything like changed? I think so much. I mean, we're all so hard on ourselves, right? And <laughs> I think so yeah. much of um, what people learn about being in love is ownership. Something that has come up for me and the like, I think like with the girls and like what I want them to know about being in love is that it doesn't, nothing needs to, that is enough in itself. And like sitting Mm. in this feeling of being in love is wonderful and something to celebrate and you can sit in it and you don't have to do anything with it. You don't have to do anything physical with it. You don't have to like be in a relationship with it. You don't have to like go in like confess it to that other person it can just be like a feeling that you get to have how amazing is it like as you were describing what it felt like for you as a young person to be in love i was like oh my gosh that is that is so amazing informative in such a positive way and the fact that like no like it didn't need to be reciprocated in the sense of like we're in a relationship but it was still full and it was it was more than enough, right? Until it carries you forward in this story. And like something when you're talking about, I think the challenge that your children may be having or may have had with like your relationship and like the being in love kind of falling out and what is it called? It's like this ownership. Like we think when we love someone or someone is in love, that means like they are in ownership of each other. Intense marriage, or that's my boyfriend, or I'm tattooing your name on my body, and every other iteration (laughs) of what it looks like. Uh And when I think about, not like maybe romantic love, but the love I want my children to have for each other, right? Love is kind of love is love. You know, it functions all kinds of different ways, but love is love. It's really important. Something we're talking to them all the time is how they don't own each other. You know, like you don't own, like, and how this idea of compersion, which I'm obsessed with, do you like? I am obsessed, obsessed with this idea. Um, Tell me more. Yes. Yeah, so compersion, <laughs> um, which I've just recently discovered, is like, well, I've I've decided to def- like to, again, iterations. Um, <laughs> but basically, it's like this term that is popular in poly relationships around like to love, like a lover being excited to see their love beloved with someone else and i think of it even in a like a more wider broader way of round like just being happy for someone versus like being jealous of them yes um and when you know Mm -hmm. what i mean in in 
when they have when something good comes to them when they have like any like some other love or attraction there's this book called um your teacher so maybe you know um there's a series called piggy and elephant are you familiar with piggy and no, elephant books oh my gosh they're the best <laughs> so <laughs> like there's like piggy and elephant are these two best friends one's okay. a pig one's an elephant no it's not it's it's yeah, it's Piggy and Elephant, right? One's a pig and called Piggy, and the other is an elephant called Gerald. Okay. And one of their books, so it's like a whole series of books, it's written by Mo Williams. Um, and so they're a whole series of books, and one of them is called, I can't remember what its name, but My Best Friend, it's about their friendship. And okay. in the book, um, they are, Gerald is like excited for Piggy because Piggy's off on a play date with somebody else. Mm. And Gerald ends up bumping into... I can't remember all the characters' names, but Gerald ends up bumping into the best friend of the other animal that is with Piggy. And they're like, oh, it's so awesome. Piggy's so awesome. Yeah, Piggy's awesome. And your friend, Bat, or whatever's awesome too. That's so exciting. They're so excited. And they realize like, wait a minute. What if they're having fun together? What if they become best friends? What's going to happen to the two of us? And they have this feeling of like insecurity and jealousy. And when they meet back up with their other two friends, they had been celebrating all of their friendship together. And they both had this moment of like, I'm so happy for you that you got to have this amazing play date with this other person. And it's like compersion. (laughs) I don't think think anybody else thinks of that way. But many oftentimes when I'm trying to talk to my girls about jealousy and how it functions in loving relationships, whether it's romantic loving, that I know when I'm talking to them that it's not good. There's no positive, you know, like there's, it's a natural feeling and we should own when we feel those things, but there's another feeling you can have and that's experiencing that same thing. And when we're in romantic relationships, you eat like we feel jealousy, right? Like that is like Mm -hmm. a normal thing. And so much of it is like not feeling secure, right? And what you have with that other person, regardless of what they might have with somebody else. And I think that even in hearing your story with your children, this idea of like, no matter what you have with someone else, that they're secure in what they have with you. And I think Mm. it's really hard when there's all these social constructs, right? Around like marriage and who's supposed to be with who and when they're supposed to be with that person and all of it. And I'm trying, it's so interesting because I'm like, I'm in a very conventional relationship, (laughs) like a very convent, like married, three kids, like very Mm -hmm. conventional relationship. But we're constantly trying to push ourselves around what we need versus what was told to us it should be. Yeah. Because that creates so much pain when we don't live up to each other's expectations that we didn't even set for ourselves. Um, there are so many things like that. Um, first off, I want to say that thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation because I feel like so many times um my i feel erase erasure of like mm. my story and mm-hmm. the way that i feel seen um in terms of experiencing love and experiencing love with a woman and experiencing love um with the woman that we decided to make a family together mm-hmm. and the mother of my children um i get to celebrate that when i speak to my children um, and I get to tell stories about um, something that happened when they were small mm-hmm. and how their mom and I like traveled to different cities and, and moved and made 
home and in different places. And like that storytelling is a way that um, is a way that I'm able to show them that like love existed, even if they can't remember it mm-hmm. because they were so young mm-hmm. um, when we were together. And and they tell me like mommy told us about when you used to dot 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 mm-hmm. and like that's a sign of those were signs the fact that their mother were telling stories mm-hmm. were signs that first of all it affirmed me that affirmed for me that I could share those stories with them and not feel like I'm gonna mess something up what happens mm-hmm. if they go back to their mom and say like dad's telling us stories of when y'all were together mm-hmm. like um, because when we broke up and I came out as queer it was like you know, number one, like, oh, you lied to this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, she was the first person I fell in love with. Mm. Um, you know, and that was beyond, like, the the, the sexual attraction. like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was there, too. And it was complicated to say, like, she was the only woman that I was intimate with. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, you know, we had this experience together Mm -hmm. where we were like each other's first Mm -hmm. and like, and intentionally made family. And Mm -hmm. I was also like trying to make myself, like I was practicing Islam Mm -hmm. very strongly and like was, got so many messages around being attracted to men is not Mm -hmm. like part of me, even going to Islam was for the discipline and like being attracted to, how this can discipline me into being righteous mm-hmm. and like not um, act on my sexual attractions. Mm-hmm. And like that wasn't working all the time, but it worked for a time that allowed for me to be open to the idea of falling in love with a woman. And that allowed me to like sincerely like build a life with someone where we were like, you know, for us to not be together and still recognize that like we, she was one of my soulmates Mm -hmm. and I was one of her soulmates. Mm -hmm. And, um, and these children were made out of love, Mm -hmm. you know, like when my son was being born, we were taking classes from a sister, from a healer, um, how to give birth to a God, you know, like Mm -hmm. we were like really like going in on, how we want what we want to manifest and now Mm -hmm. to see my children even after what you think is is so it's been a Mm non-traditional child rearing Mm -hmm. and to see them shine and have this light that is does resemble very much the light that i imagine them having when they were being made Mm -hmm. you know um or when she was expecting and how I was caring for their mother, like we were each other's first loves. Mm -hmm. So um, being able to tell them like that full story, like I'm not able to reminisce with like my queer friends or, I mean, I can, Mm -hmm. but like, what does it all mean? Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, because being in love has nothing to do with sexuality. Yeah. And I think like yes. that is also something yeah. that we don't explore or talk about enough. Right there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that the lesson that our children get to learn from us and our experiences and talking about it is that like being in love is is like is it's a it's an experience. 
Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that experience is varied and wide. And I too am a child of like parents who are divorced and separated and like never really saw them except when like they needed to join together to discipline or like <laughs> hold us accountable. <laughs> right. Never saw them like being like loving to one another. And but the stories that I've heard from other people and even mm. from them sometimes and yeah. even growing into my own adulthood like recognizing what love can look like of feeling like oh no those two people were in love like i was created out of like this passionate love that burnt out like could not would have like caused you know explosions <laughs> and did yeah. but was real right and yeah. then recognizing like that is one way in which that functions and then there's so many other ways um is exciting and like i'm so so excited that you came and shared your story with us um i hope you feel seen and heard um and i think through you sharing your story so many other people are going to get to be seen and heard um so thank you so much thank you (laughs) thank you so much um yeah thank you for listening we wish you the best of luck along your parenting journey and know that I have your back. This podcast was produced by Domino Sound. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.